You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Now, this morning, I want to share with you on the subject, the cross is our source of power. The cross is our source of power. Now, we will be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, as we read, uh, we realize this, that when Paul was writing to the church in Corinth, you know, firstly, he was responding to some of the questions that were asking him, and also he was addressing some of the challenges that they were having. You know, the church in Corinth had a lot of issues. You know, there was a lot of baggage that they were carrying. So Paul is writing to them, and he's responding to their question. Now, just to highlight a few of them, there was a problem of division in the church. You know, there was a problem of Gnosticism, that is some claiming to have a higher knowledge. You know, there was a, a problem of idol worship, a problem of immorality, a problem of lawsuit against fellow believer, you know, a problem of lack of love. And there was also confusion in the order of worship. You know, all of that was happening in the church in Corinth. And so Paul is drawing back them back to what matters as believers. You know, that all these things are happening, it's, it's like because they have stepped aside, away from what is important as a believer. And so he's addressing that question, you know, and, and, you know, all of those things to them. Now, as he closes his letter, he says this in verse 1, 1 Corinthians verse 1, and I will be reading from ESV. Now, he says, now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. Now, this is so powerful. He says, I want to remind you. In other words, it's like they have forgotten the gospel that they received. They had forgotten what they are standing on, you know, and hence there are a lot of challenges. And he says in verse 2, by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Yeah. So the gospel that Paul preached to the Corinthians had power to keep them standing. You know, it had power to do that. It is the same gospel that sustains us today. You know, that sustains every Christian in the midst of challenges. Yeah. Now he says in verse 3, by which you are being uh, saved. You know, by which you are being saved. Now, that phrase, you know, by which you are being saved, you know, this is present continuous tense. You know, it is right now and it still continue. You know, it's, 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 and also it's in passive form, meaning that the action is being acted upon them. You know, it is not them waking it out or them trying to make it happen, but it is God working in their lives. 
you know, and from the time they receive Christ and, and thereafter, that salvation is happening in their lives. So that is why he says, by which you are being saved. Yeah. So this gospel saved them from their sins and its power is still working even after they gave their lives to Jesus. You know, that is something good about the salvation that we receive is that, you know, after we, 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 we raise our hands to God and we give our lives to Jesus, you know, that the power of God that translated us from the kingdom of darkness and put us uh, from the, uh, the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of God, that that power will still continue to work in our lives. You know, so that is a blessing to know as a child of God. You know, so salvation, we need to understand that it's not a once-off thing. You know, that, oh, it's just something that happened. I got saved in 1952, and that's it. You know, but we need to understand that it is continuous. You know, it is continuing to work in our lives. You know, actually, the Greek word for saved, you know, is the word, it's an inclusive word. You know, it, it, it can be translated to mean born again, you know, to mean wholeness, you know, to mean preservation, wellness, healing, and all the good things. You know, it's, it's a word that says that God is providing for you every good thing, just like he said that every good gift comes from the Lord. You know, that, that when God saves you, it is not only to get you on a path to heaven, you know, but he wants to work in your life, making sure that whatever the devil and the enemy has stolen from you, that it's being restored, you know, that it's like we are taken back to the situation where Adam and Eve were before they sinned, you know, that is what God has, uh, has intended about our salvation. So that is the joy of our salvation. You see, born again is the first step, you know, to salvation. There are other steps, you know, that you should not just stand there and say, I'm born again. We need to press on and say, God died for my healing. God died for my salvation, for my preservation, for my protection. You know, God died that I would prosper, that I would do well. We need to press on. That is part of salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so Paul is saying here you know, that actually this is the reason Paul says that through this gospel, they are being saved. You know, that the work of the cross is still continuing. Yeah. So God, uh, Paul explains it in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. He says that, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, of the, uh, of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You know, so the gospel that we receive is the power of God unto salvation, for salvation to everyone who believes. It says to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know. So Paul, Apostle Paul is reminding brethren here in Corinth, you know, of that gospel. 
That has power to save. That has power to also deliver. You know, for, for him to have to remind them, it means that they have moved away from it. Yeah, that's what it means. So, so he's saying, after he had addressed all those situations, he says, I want to remind you. Look here, he's about to conclude his letter. So he says that, actually, the reason why you're having so many troubles and challenges is because it's like you have moved away from the core of our salvation, the core of our belief. You know, and so he says here that I want to remind you of that. You know, so the Corinthian church had many problems because they'd moved away from the gospel that, that they first believed. You know, it is the same thing that could happen to us today. You know, that if we move away from the gospel that we first believe, you know, that we, we, we would hate so many challenges. So now the question is, what is that gospel? What is that core of gospel that Paul is talking about here? You know, we see that in verse 3 and verse 4. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance. Yeah. Now, you know, I've underlined here first importance. He's saying here that this is pri priority. You know, that when I came to you, I gave you this as important, as first of first importance. And then that thing that I gave to you, that is important, you know, that is critical. He says that is that thing that I also received. You know, Apostle Paul is saying that what I'm telling you is what I have experienced in my life. You know, that I have a personal testimony to that gospel. And that is why I was not ashamed to tell you of that gospel. That is why I preach that gospel to you. It says what I also received. And what is this? This is it. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. You know, verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. He says, that's it. You know, that is the gospel. You know, that is where we need to base our lives. This is what gives us power. This is what gives us victory. Is that he died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. You know, this is what, if we are standing on that, I'm telling that there is no devil that can stand against you. There is no devil that can resist you. There is no devil that can prevail against your line. Because we are standing on what is critical. He was defeated pure and squarely on the cross. On the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. That is our victory. Hallelujah. So the gospel has this as, you know, its central focus, the three events that took place at the cross. You see, when we talk about the cross, these are three things that we're talking about. You know, is the crucifixion of Jesus, is the burial of Jesus, and also the resurrection of Jesus. 
Now, the crucifixion is talking about the fact that Jesus died for our sins. You know, he took away our guilt and shame. You know, he gave us the right to be children of God. Yeah. And what about the burial? The burial of Jesus refers to the fact that he died. Yeah. And that, you know, he was buried. He was on the ground for three days. According to Jewish custom, at that day, you had to at least be three days buried. You know, that's sure, sure, sure. For sure you are dead. Yeah. And so that that Jesus was three days in the, in the grave, you know, nobody could dispute that. You know, it was not that, no, he fainted then, you know, because there was a cold weather like the one in Cape Town that normally, you know, comes in, then he woke up. No, it was not that. Is that for three days, nobody could dispute that. Surely he died. You know, surely it was over with him. Yeah, he died. And so uh, that is what burial is talking about. And not only that. You know, but it's also saying that the day, I mean, the time that his body was in the grave, his spirit was in hell, suffering for you and I. So that is critical, you know, the burial part of it. You know, that I could have been there. I could be going there. But because he went on my place, that gives me victory. That I don't have to go there. I'm on my way to heaven because he went and, and, and spent his days in hell for my sake. So that is why burial, his burial, it's important and critical to us. You know, and the last one, the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, what can you say against that? You know, so this refers to the fact that Jesus... You know, sealed victory for us. Yeah. This means that there was no way that the children of God would live defeated lives. You know, that we, we live victorious life because Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. So as long as we remain in these three points, we remain victorious. Yeah. As long as we stay on what God is saying here, you know, in all the campuses out there, you know, as long as we remain to this critical three points, we will remain victorious in our lives. You know, we will never be defeated in any way because that is what gives us power. That is what gives us victory. That is what propels us to go forward. It is death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the devil knows that when we are established on these points, he can never defeat us. Yeah. He therefore tries to remove us, you know, away from them. Yeah. So we start focusing on other things, you know, for power, for protection, for salvation. You know, we look at so many other things. Yeah. And, and, and when, when we move away from this, you know, we know that, you know, he, he knows that, you know, I've gotten them. You know, that I'm going to just hit them and hit them hard. So we must always fight from our point of strength, you know, not weakness. You know, and our point of strength is the cross. 
is that Jesus died for me. He was buried for me. He rose from the death for me. It is not based on my ability, on my intellect, or on any other thing. My history is not based on any, I, I am successful and I'm victorious based on what Jesus did at the cross. You know, what he did, and he rose from the dead, that settles my victory. I receive power from that point. I am victorious from that point, not from any other point. You know, so our, uh, 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 our point of strength, it's in his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, that is what the cross is all about. You know, so when we stand... Strong on what Christ did for us, we win. Yeah. We win because he won for us at the cross. Yeah. We would stand, you know, we should stand on our positional victory in order to, exp to have experiential victory. Yeah. Let me explain that. That God, Jesus Christ, has done it already. And so when we are standing on that positional, we have victory already, you know. So that will translate in our everyday experiences being, you know, victories every day because we are standing on our positional victory. So that should happen as children of God. You know, Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 17 and 18, he says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest, listen to this, he says, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Yeah. So meaning that when I move away from this that is central, I am making the cross to, to no longer be powerful. You know, because my faith is no longer there. You know, my faith is on something else. Yeah. So Paul says that I didn't come to you with eloquent words, meaning I did not depend on the fact that I'm a good speaker, you know, that I can convince you and you will be well convinced. He says, if I did that, then the cross would have lost its power. I would have emptied the cross of its power. Yeah. So had Paul moved away from preaching the cross by preaching words of eloquent wisdom, he would have impressed many people probably, but emptied the cross of its power. Yeah. So he says in verse 18, for the word of the cross is fully to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. You know, that is the power of God upon our lives. You know, so it's all about the cross. And that is the reason why Jesus left us with only two sacraments to observe. You know, I, I, I talk about that in, our, in, our, in my book here. Two sacraments, you know, which is water baptism and holy communion. And when you look at both of them, they are both pointing to the cross. 
You know that when we when we are baptized, we are immersed in water. You know, we are identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, that is the cross. Yeah. And also when we partake of Holy Communion, you know, we are uh, also identifying with his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, so God was saying that we should never ever forget what gives us power. Yeah, yeah, that uh, we are what we are today because of the cross, because of what He did, you know, uh, at the cross. So, in First Corinthians chapter eleven, talking about Holy Communion. Now, listen, uh, listen to what he says in verse 24 and, and uh, to verse 26. He says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. You know, now look at verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, what are you doing? He says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Yeah. In other words, you are saying that victory is mine. You know, the Lord's death is my victory. I overcome by that victory. So every time you partake of that, you are reminding yourselves, you are coming to, you know, to, to remind yourself that, by the way, my victory is in what Jesus did at the cross. You know, that I am victorious because of what Jesus did. You know, that I will conquer because of what Jesus did. I will prosper, I will come out of this hole because of what Jesus did. You know, I will succeed because of what Jesus did. I will be protected against all danger because of what Jesus did. That all will be well with me because of what Jesus did. All my family will do well. We will live in harmony and peace because of what Jesus Jesus did. That is what we are doing when we partake Holy Communion. We are drawing ourselves back to the foundation of the gospel that is death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the early church, you know, practiced Holy Communion right from the start. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, can you think about it? Yeah that immediately after their initial salvation, you know, when they got saved, they regularly practiced Holy Communion. You know, we are told in verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, and they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching and the fellowship, and what else? To the breaking of bread and prayers. Yeah. So Holy Communion was important to them. So the practice was drawing these new believers to the centrality of their salvation. That is the cross. You know, this is the essence of the gospel. Paul was, is emphasizing that what Jesus did at the cross was not just an event. It was in accordance to the scriptures. 
You know, so God had been speaking in the Old Testament about Jesus dying, being buried, and being resurrected from the dead. And all this is what empowers Christians to victorious, victorious living. You know, I'm saved today because Jesus was buried. You know, he resurrected. He, Jesus died. He was buried. He resurrected for my salvation. I am healed today because Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected for my healing. I am delivered today because Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected for my healing. You know, same thing with my deliverance, my prosperity, you know, my protection, my salvation, that it is an ongoing work that is happening in our lives. The power of God is working in our lives. You know, so the cross is the center of the Bible. You see, we need to understand that hanging a cross around your neck, it is not, it, it's not what is going to protect you and giving you victory. But knowing and believing what the cross did for you, it's what will give you victory. You know, that at least the minimum is that let that cross remind you of what really happened at the cross and that my victory is based on that. And when we live our lives according to that, we'll see victory after victory every day of our lives. God bless you.